0: You're listening to the Eat Drink Triad podcast, the podcast of the Triad Food and Beverage Coalition. We bring the restaurant and bar community to you discussing issues that may impact not only Triad food and beverage businesses, but the public they serve. Let's open the menu and see what are today's specials. I'm Algen Cash, and this is Eat Drink Triad. Of course, this is your leading source for everything happening in the food and beverage industry throughout the Triad region. And I am so honored uh, every week to bring you a great conversation and introduce you to someone who is in the culinary industry and doing great things. Um, I've got a real treat for my triad audience today, um, simply because you are so used to hearing chefs and culinary professionals that are right here in our backyard. But today I went all the way to Maine um, to bring this gentleman to you and have this conversation. Um, Isaac Pendleton who's a line cook at the garrison up in um, Yarmouth, Maine, right outside of Portland. I had the unique honor and pleasure to, to meet Isaac when he was here for our Dr. Brownstone Sweet Summer Love, Love Festival. So many of you saw the video we put together with Chef Tim Grandinetti last summer. That is a festival I never, ever miss. It's a great opportunity. And one reason that I love the festival so much is because Chef Tim Grandinetti does a great job of using his contacts and his relationships to reach out to people all across the world that he knows and bring that culinary talent right here to Winston-Salem. And he did so with Isaac, and I had a great opportunity to meet and chat with him. Told him last summer I was going to get him on the show. He probably thought I forgot about him. But here we are. Isaac, man, how you doing today? Thank you for dropping by Eat, Drink, Try it.
1: Good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, from our cold little main nook, as you said, it's, uh just caught a blizzard yesterday. Um, so it's white and snowy and pretty frigid, but it's nice to, uh, be on here today.
0: Well, man, you, um, you just made me, I I was just complaining today about the weather here in North Carolina and and it's a crisp 50 something degrees. And, um, you, you just made me appreciate it a lot more when you said y'all just went through a blizzard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If it makes you feel any better. When I woke up this morning, my car thermostat said negative five without wind chill. So It's probably having right around negative 10 to negative 15, which is one of our colder mornings. But, you know, we we love it up here. We're cold blooded individuals.
0: Well, let's start there, man, because you're in Maine. And, um, you know, I met Chef Tim Grandinetti when he relocated to Winston-Salem with Marriott and just kept up with him as he started his own ventures like Springhouse and Quanto Basta and and, and others. How did you connect with Tim Grandinetti? How how did you all become friends?
1: So, uh, Chef Tim and I have been friends for a couple of years now, um, but actually made that connection, as you mentioned, through Marriott. Um uncle, Chef Mark Beaupre, um, worked for Marriott for, I, I mean, over 30 years, um, traveling around to different hotels, running their food and beverage departments, and became friends with Chef Tim um, through that career process, um, and actually, Chef Tim came up. We did a uh, culinary event up here up in Sugarloaf, um, which is a ski resort in Carabasid Valley, Maine. It's about two hours north of where I am in the mountains um, in honor of my grandmother to help build sustainable gardens at the um, Alphalon Youth Center in Waterville, Maine, where um, my uncle Hook, as I call him, uh, grew up. We hosted that event for four years. Um, It was a celebrity chef gala of about 250 to 300 people where we'd bring chefs from all over the country in um, for an excellent night of dining. Uh, We had auctions, things like that. And then we had a golf tournament the next day. Um, Mm. And we did that for four years. And we raised somewhere between um, I it's I mean it's in a mutual fund now, but it's eight hundred thousand to one point two million. Um, we were able to construct the biodome as well as some raised beds and institute um, educational programs for at this Alphon Youth Center, which is a boys Club Girls Club in Waterville, um, to educate the youth about healthy cooking, healthy food choices, um, and giving them access to that. Waterville, unfortunately. Um, like many of Maine towns, has seen um, some hard times at the closure of mills. Um, it's, it's about a 70% live below the poverty line. And the Alpha Youth Center provides meals for these underserved youth um, and educational programs as well. Um, and That's we're honored man. to be able to uh, have my grandmother's legacy be such a positive impact on that community.
0: That's incredible and I, I think my audience just a few minutes in are, are probably already starting to understand why I wanted them to meet you because you're you're really um you're a young guy, you're only 17 years old, still in high school. I actually had to move my show around for you today because you, we had to get we had to make sure you were out of school first before you could come on um but but you know you you can already tell that you're very profound and um you know have a passion for culinary. Um, which I I preach and talk about all the time, that in order to be successful in this business or any business, quite frankly, you must be passionate. Before we get in that passion, because I don't want to lose this, um, tell my audience about the dish that you did at Love, Love Festival.
1: So Love, Love Festival, um, I did a braised short rib over a bed of a um, fennel polenta and then a really nice seasonal salad Um, just really basic. We had some really nice baby radishes. Um, and I believe we had some pickled kumquats and then a little, uh, shallot vinaigrette. It was just really simple. It was meant to kind of harness, um, just the simplicity that I like to apply to my food. I love big flavors. I love, you know, classic techniques, but putting a modern twist um, and a fresh twist and using the best of the best in the ingredients and not necessarily overdoing it um, with throwing everything that's in the kitchen you know, onto a plate, but really making thoughtful, careful choices about what you put where. Um, and I find that the food tastes best sometimes when it's the simplest.
0: You know, Isaac, when I was your age, I, I was just thrilled to drop by McDonald's and Get a Big Mac or um a, a single from Wendy's. Um, I was, actually my first job, my first gig, I, I was the biscuit maker um at McDonald's. My grandmother taught me how to make biscuits. So at 15 years old, I was getting up at 4 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday morning going to McDonald's making biscuits. But I was not doing anything remotely close to what you're doing. And um, and it's just so impressive. I, I gotta understand, man, like what what where where did this passion culinary come from and and you started out you know um you started out at at the restaurant you're at now um the garrison you started out just as a dishwasher a few years ago now you're already a line cook um where, where did all this passion come from how did you get inspired
1: so it's actually my uncle that i mentioned before um uncle hook when i was about two we have this um story he, we these little Maine shrimp, unfortunately, are shrimping. Um, it's no It's a closed industry right now, just due to dips in population. They're waiting for it to rebound. Um, but we had these little Maine shrimp. They're about. They're a little larger than a quarter, um, and they're really sweet. They're really tender. And I was at a lake house my uncle was renting, and we were making shrimp scampi together. And he gave me this five-pound bag of shrimp, and I was too. Um, and he essentially told me, um, Isaac, do you want to help me with this? Um, and deshelling these shrimp. And as you guys know, I mean, deshelling shrimp or any of that um kind of crustacean can be a tedious process. And he thought that I was gonna do like three or four and then walk away or go swimming. Um, but he said that I sat there and did the whole five-pound bag and then was still interested in helping him uh cook the rest of the dish. And I mean, obviously I was two, so I had some help and it probably wasn't perfect, but that's the story that is like been ingrained into me of kind of where my culinary passion started. Um, and then as I've grown up, I've just, I've been blessed to interact with some great chefs and some great individuals in the culinary field up here, but all over the country as well. Um, and continued influence from my uncle. Um, I've just, I mean, you. I, I just love food. I love everything about it. Um, so the more I grow and the older I get, and the more I learn, the more that that drive intensifies, for sure. Well, I,
0: I'm almost certain that you know, upon graduation from high school, you'll you'll probably be the executive chef um, at, the, at the restaurant that you're currently at. I mean, just listening to you. Um, you, you got me ready to come to Maine just so I can visit the garrison. Um, of course I've got to do it during the summer months. I, I'm a, I'm a summer baby. I can't be up there when it's negative five, negative 10. Um, I'd be hard to deal with, but it, 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 you know, as I listen to you, um, you know, just talk about, you know, some of the dishes that you like and the way you, you go about doing things that I do want to mention to my audience. You also did this, um, Southern twist on like oysters yes. at the love, love festival. And I felt talk, talk a little bit about that because I fell in love with these. And, and I will be honest with you, Isaac, I've been trying to convince some people locally to do what you did, because it, it, it's a, it's an item we don't have here. And when I tasted your, your spin on um, Southern oysters at the Love Love Festival, I absolutely fell in love. Describe what you did there.
1: Yes. So oysters are a big part of Maine culture. Um, and especially I love oysters personally. It's some of my favorite seafood and we have a lot of great fresh seafood up here. Um, I actually have a friend who owns an oyster company and there's oyster companies. Um I I have a dock that's a two-minute walk from my house. So I'm lucky enough to have access to the water um year-round if I desire, but especially during the summer. Um, and we have boats that we go out, can go out on and you drive by these, it, it's basically like floating buoys where they grow these oysters in these mesh bags. Um, so the oysters that I brought down were locally harvested. I mean, literally five minutes from my house. Um, and the day that I flew down to that love to love festival, I hauled the bag out of um, the water off my dock and put it in a cooler I flew it down with me and you ate those oysters, Chuck, that night. Um, but the wow. dish that I did was um, Oysters Rockefeller. But I didn't, I wanted to bring my main influence, but I um, love Southern food. I love just like the rich decadence. Well, I'm sorry, excuse me, decadence of it. Um, so I did Oysters Rockefeller, but I did it with a pimento cheese. It's traditionally done with um, spinach, bacon, and usually a Parmesan or um, something of that family. But I did a fire roasted Pimento cheese and kept the spinach and the bacon, and finished just with a little scallion and parsley um, to try to take a New England classic and put a little bit of a southern twist on
0: it. Man, it it, it was incredible. I um I've been wanting some ever since I tasted yours at Love, Love Festival last year. And if there are any talented chefs um, listening to this show today, or out in the audience, um, I challenge you to try to recreate what Isaac did. That that was an incredible item, um, re- really, really great dish. And um, you know, thank thank you, thank you for um, for for coming down. Do you do a lot of festivals like that around the country, or was that your first
1: one? Or I I don't. Um, I had that was my first one actually. Um, Chef Tim just reached out to me. He's like, hey, I do this festival and I know that you invited me up to do yours. So do you want to come to your mind? Um, and it was great because I was um, able to get some time off from work and tied in some college trips coming back up the country. And it was just great to get down there. Um, I had never been to that part of the country. And it was just great to come um, and interact with so many great chefs. And so uh, the Winston-Salem community, you guys have so many great people down there. Um, And I just felt so welcomed. I was in the city for less than 24 hours. And I feel like I had four or five people saying, hey, come over to my house for dinner. Like, (laughs) if you want to come cook, just oh, the doors wide open. And I was just sometimes people up here in New England can be kind of closed and not very open. Um, and I really got a great sense of Southern hospitality, and I'm just so thankful to that Winston-Salem people and Chef Tim and you guys for having me down there for that Love to Love Fest. And I'm hopefully looking forward to come back next year.
0: Well, after having your oysters, um, I wanted to extend an invitation for you to come to my house to cook as well. And you, you <laughs> haven't an open open invitation isaac anytime you're in town you want to come post up at my kitchen i've got a i got all the right utensils all the right stuff here for you um i am getting ready to run out of time i mean this conversation always goes really too quickly you you've been a great guest and and i enjoyed meeting you in person and just so thrilled that some kind of way you and i were able to keep the connection up and 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 hopefully we continue to do so man because something tells me i'm i may be reading about you somewhere here in, in several years and i want to say i met that guy and downtown Winston-Salem. And in fact, I did his first, he's never done a, a, a radio interview or podcast interview and I did his first one. So um, I'm I'm in, I'm in the record books. I heard you say you were down, you know, you've been going on some college trips. You probably are getting to that point where it's time to move on from high school. Um, Real quick, Isaac, what's in the future for you, man? Are you going to culinary school? You want to go to like a traditional school and just work in a restaurant? What are you thinking about the, what's the future for
1: you? Oh man, that's a big, big life question that's kind of been bouncing around a lot. Um, I'm really thinking of getting a traditional four year education, but I mean, there's absolutely no way that I can just toss everything that I've done in the culinary world. Um, I really am looking to do a business major um, and tie in my culinary passion. Um, with that. So maybe that's working for a corporation like Marriott, or doing some marketing in the F&B and hospitality industry, um, and possibly going to culinary school as well. Um, but absolutely keeping up with my culinary passion. Um, because like you said, you you have to do what you're passionate about, or else it's just not worth doing. Um, and I firmly believe that, and, and firmly on board with that. And I just, I, food is such a big part of my life as it is everyone else's life, but it's just, it absolutely has to remain part of my life, um, going forward in my professional career. And I'm going to find a way to tie in that.
0: Yeah. I I think you would do great, um, going to, to college and getting your business degree, maybe an MBA, combining that with your incredible, um, culinary talent and skills, And um, it's a lot you could probably go off and do with that, whether you just wanted to run a kitchen and be an executive chef and use your business skills to make that kitchen more efficiently or or more efficient. Or if you even decided to become an owner yourself. But um, I just I I would just ask you, no matter what you decide, you stay in touch with me. You got my phone number. um, We're connected. and, And if I can be a resource to you in any kind of way, if you decide to come to North Carolina. Um, certainly want to make that commitment to my audience. Um, really, really appreciate you all joining us today. Eat, drink, try it. As I mentioned before, this is your leading source for everything that's happening right here in the food and beverage community throughout the region. Um, make sure you stay tuned to WTOB. That is where the Eat, Drink, Try it show broadcasts every Sunday morning. But if you happen to miss it there, you can always catch it. You can download it on Apple, Spotify, Pandora. Wherever you like to get your favorite podcast, the Eat Drink Triad podcast will be available for you there. Um, make sure you also listen to WTOB every week because so many of you contact me wanting to know what restaurant you should try. Well, every week I have a restaurant of the week where I suggest a restaurant that you should go check out. I tell you what my favorite dish is. Um, But the only way to hear that is you got to be locked in at WTOB every single week. You can always follow eat, drink, triad on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Isaac, real quick. I got to ask this question. My audience wants to know what's your favorite dish. What should they go try?
1: Oh, wow. That's I I have this question thrown at me by so many friends and people who meet me and hear that I'm a chef. Um, But for me, You can't go wrong with a good Maine lobster roll. You get that lobster roll, just a little mayo, a little smoked paprika and some house cut fries that I personally like to do in a combo of canola and then a little beef fat just to give it a little beefy flavor, toss some thyme and lavender salt and serve that right up, lunch, dinner, breakfast. It doesn't matter. Um, But I mean, there's so many great dishes and there's so many cuisines I've yet to explore but I think going back um, to my main roots, it doesn't get much better than that.
0: I, Isaac, you just made me hungry, man. I got to go. Um, you know, to, to to my audience, the other voice that you've heard today is Isaac Pendleton. Um, this is a rising star within the culinary world. He is 17 years old, um, living in Yarmouth, Maine, um, working at the garrison up in Maine, if you ever, have, ever happen to be in his backyard. But this is a name you want to write down and make sure you keep up with. I think you will see this young man going places. Um, to my audience, you guys know that we do a youth culinary arts program every single summer. I'm passionate about um, engaging the youth when it comes to culinary um, skills and, and, and opportunities. And so every summer we do that. We're doing it again this summer. If you want your child or your your, your student to, to be considered for our program, please reach out to the Triad Food and Beverage Coalition. It does not cost you anything. Um, all the spots are funded. We, we, have, we have funding for your child to attend, but that is a youth culinary arts program that we do in partnership with Providence and Habitat every single summer and I would love to have your kid there. Until next time y'all stay locked in. Opinions of this podcast are solely those of the contributors and are not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be used or reproduced without the express written consent of the Triad Food and Beverage Coalition.